It's time now for the complete story with Rich and Dick Bott, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here is Rich and Dick Bott with today's complete story. Well, you know, Rich, you know, Rich, everywhere we turn, everywhere we turn right now, there is turmoil. There is turmoil. There is upset. There is anger. Uh, look at what happened in New York City, for goodness sakes. Uh, this guy uh, comes running down the bike trail, bicycle riders on that trail that walk away in New York and then plows them down, kills eight or nine of them, and then puts uh, 12 or 15 in the hospital. For what reason? Evil. It's evil. Well, I think you're right. But I tell you what, and we are going to get into something that's a blessing, folks. We're going to get into something that's a real blessing, but I want you to hear, first of all, on this broadcast, uh, Doris Akers, who, by the way, has been home to be with the Lord for uh, quite a few years now. But Doris Akers sings the song, Is There Any Peace Anywhere? Mm. Here it is. Is there any peace? Is there any peace anywhere? Just anywhere. Do you know a friend who will take the time to give you words of joy, comfort, and cheer? There is only one that I know. He's the one to whom we can go. Is there any peace? Yes, there's perfect peace only in the
Isn't that interesting? Because just this morning, just this morning, I read a survey showed that one of the biggest groups growing in America are the non-believers, those who have no faith, those that have no faith uh, at all. And they are the group that's growing in America the fastest. Now, that doesn't mean they're very large yet. But I'll tell you, folks, we need what Doris Akers was singing about. And that's not to force people to believe. It is because we are excited and we share the good news of the gospel. And you have a scripture verse, don't you, Rich? Well, if you don't know Jesus, Dad, in this world it would be hard to find peace. But uh, uh, Jesus told the disciples, uh, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Yeah. That's right. a real comfort in times like these. Now, let, let's get into the feature here of this broadcast because we, over the weekend, why, we uh, released an interview that you did with Missouri's Governor Eric Greitens. And the interview was just wonderful. I'll tell you, we released it over the entire network because I wanted the people in all of the other states, in addition to the people in Missouri, to hear what this governor had to say about right and wrong and what he was trying to accomplish as a leader, as a public servant, and being in the middle of things, but make things right, turn them back up. They're upside down now in so many states. So anyway, this is what the Missouri governor had to say in your interview. However, he then also spoke to the Southern Baptist uh, Missouri Convention pastors at that same time, didn't he? Right. That's what I was there for. Uh, the governor of Missouri spoke to the Missouri Southern Baptist Convention, their annual get-together, Baptist pastors from all across the state gathered. And what we're going to let them hear today is what he said to the pastors. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's powerful. You know, when we, we had the interview last weekend and we got lots of responses from people, one, one fellow was listening online, uh, or maybe it was from his mobile device over in Colorado. And yeah. he said, how do you get a governor like that? But we're really uh, proud of our new governor, well, Governor hey, Eric Greitens, hey, and listen. thankful thankful uh, because elections have consequences well, listen, and he uh, is really doing a wonderful work uh, a fellow from kansas listen folks uh, a man from kansas one of our radio listeners on the on our listener comment line he said wow he said i'm going to move from kansas over to missouri uh, because uh, because you're missouri governor why well, he says things and stands for things and his leadership represents outspoken clarity of where he stands and so on and so oh, well, forth. Well, we've got a great governor in Kansas, too, and Governor oh, Sam Brownback, well, and now he hey, is going hey, to be hey, going hey, to represent hey, us hey, for religious liberty around the world. Absolutely, absolutely. But but I tell you what, Governor Crichton's in Missouri has a forward-leaning, let's get the job done, make no mistake, I'm going to do everything I can to get things moving right. So I wanted our listeners clear across the network again to hear what he had to say during his short speech to those, to those Missouri Baptist preachers. Picture this, uh, twelve or 1,300 uh, 
clergy, pastors, Christian leaders from across the state packed to, into this church to hear what the governor had to say. All right, let's go right to it. Here it is, folks. Well, good afternoon. It is a pleasure, a pleasure to be here with all of you today. And I am so thankful to be with you and so inspired uh, to be with you. You know, we had a chance, we were just talking with a couple folks uh, in the hallway, and somebody asked me, you know, how these first nine months have gone, how they're going for me and for the, for the family. And they asked me, you know, what are some of the hardest moments that you've had? And, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't when we had an ice storm, because I let everybody know we're going to make it through this. Uh, it wasn't when we had the historic flooding, because I said we're going to handle it. It wasn't when my team came to me and they told me, you know, some of the politicians are trying to sneak some wasteful spending into the budget. I said, well, that's easy. I'm going to veto it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we do have, have two little boys, Sheen and I do. Uh, Jacob is one, and, and Joshua I was just turning three. And so the other day, Sheena sat me down and she said, Eric, you're going to have to organize a birthday party for 43-year-olds. <laughs> now, now, that'll test you. That'll test you. But, uh, but, but the, boy, the boys are in school today, and uh, on behalf of our whole family, uh, Sheena and I and the boys, I just want you to know we thank you not only for this invitation, uh, but for so many of the prayers of support, uh, so many of the letters of thanks that we have received from you. You have tremendously strengthened me and our family, and we thank you. You know... Uh, a decade ago, uh, I was spending a lot of time in churches around Missouri. Um, as Dr. Yates mentioned, on my last deployment in Iraq, I'd been serving as the commander of an Al-Qaeda targeting cell. So my unit's mission was to capture mid to senior level Al-Qaeda leaders in and around the city of Fallujah, Iraq. And on March 28, 2007, my team was hit by a suicide truck bomb. Now, I was very fortunate. My wounds were minor, but a lot of my friends were hurt a lot worse than I was. So when I came home, I went to visit them, and I went to Bethesda, to the Naval Hospital, to visit with some of our recently returned wounded Marines and soldiers and sailors and airmen. And I know that there are many veterans and family members of veterans in the audience today, and you will know that when you walk into one of those hospital rooms and you ask those men and women, what do you want to do when you recover, every single one of them says to you, I want to return to my unit. Now, the harsh reality was for a lot of those men and women is that they were not going to be able to return to their unit, certainly not right away. Uh, one guy had lost both of his legs, another had lost use of his right arm, part of his right lung, another had lost a good part of his hearing. But what was very clear to me, though, is that every single one of them wanted to find a way to continue to serve. So when I left the hospital that day, I called two of my friends who were disabled veterans, and I said, we have to find a way to help these men and women. So I donated my combat pay. Uh, they put in money from their disability checks. And we used that to start an organization called The Mission Continues. And through The Mission Continues, we're helping our veterans to come back home, start their own businesses, get quality private sector employment, and become community leaders again. You know, the very first veteran who we worked with here in the state of Missouri was a guy named Tim Smith. Tim came home from his service in Iraq, and he was dealing with some physical injuries. Tim also had seen a lot of his friends carried off the battlefield wounded and disabled, uh, had eight of his friends killed one day. When Tim came home, he'd tell you he was dealing with some post-traumatic stress disorder. He was waking up every night looking for his rifle underneath his bed. He was struggling to relate to his wife, to his one young son. Well, we put Tim through our program at The Mission Continues. And what we did in The Mission Continues was we focused 
on the purpose that all of our veterans still had as they came home. And we let them know that they were still needed here. We let them know that we still believed that they had more to offer, that they had more service to give, that we saw them not as problems but as assets. And then we surrounded them in a community of fellowship where we asked other people to support them. I'm happy to tell you that today Tim Smith, the very first veteran who we worked with here in the state of Missouri, today Tim runs his own business. It's a business called Patriot Commercial Cleaning. It is a commercial cleaning business here in the state of Missouri. Today, Tim has over 40 commercial cleaning contracts. He hires other veterans. He's hired over 50 other veterans. Now, that work that we started with the mission continues. As I said, I went to churches across the state of Missouri. And here's what I found. When you walked into a church in the state of Missouri and you asked people to step forward and to help you, you know what? People of faith stepped forward and they were willing to help us to serve. And today as we stand here today, we're now working with over 10,000 veterans in every state of the country. And what that not only, that not only strengthened my faith, but it also demonstrated to me that if we're willing to call on people of faith, there's a tremendous amount of good that we can do together. Tremendous amount of good that we can do together. And that's what we've been doing in office as governor. Uh, as all of you know, I, I'd never been involved in politics before. I'd never run for office before. Um, and my boxing coach, he used to always say to me and to all the guys who he trained, he'd say, if you want different, do different. And the message was, if you want a different result from your life, then you're going to have to take different action. Well, we've been doing different in office. And every day, we're calling on people of faith to help us to fight for the forgotten, to fight for the vulnerable. Uh, you know, when we first came into office, people told us, they said, well, now that you've, you've, uh, you've taken the oath, you should know that the very first event that they traditionally hold at the governor's mansion is a big kind of celebration for all the politicians and they invite their friends who are some of the lobbyists and the insiders and they come together. And you know, Sheen and I talked about that and we said, that's not what we're doing. The very first dinner that we hosted at the governor's mansion was for foster children and foster care families. And we want to let people know we're not here to serve politicians or to serve the insiders. We're here to honor our children. 13,000 children in the Missouri foster care system and we have foster families all over the state of Missouri who are willing to stand up and to work with them and to serve them and we need to honor them. I'll also tell you, I am proud to stand before you today as a pro-life governor. Thank you. You know, this past legislative session, we had some really important pro-life legislation that needed to be passed. Why? Because we had some radical politicians in St. Louis supported by organizations like NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action League, that were forcing our pregnancy care centers into court just because they wanted to hire people who were pro-life. So we went to the legislature and we said, this, this work is, is, this legislation needs to be passed. Well, you know what? They failed to pass it. Now, in the past, what had happened was that when legislators failed to do their, do their duty on behalf of the innocent unborn, they'd go home and they'd go on vacation. Well, 
What we did was we canceled their vacations, we called the pro-life special legislative session, and we brought them back to do their job. We have to be willing to go the extra mile to protect and promote the culture of life here in the state of Missouri. Now, you all should know we've had some critics. We are being sued now by Planned Parenthood. We're being sued by the ACLU. We're even being sued by the Satanic Temple. Now, I gotta tell all of you, I think that if we're being sued by the Satanic Temple, we gotta be doing something right. We're doing something right here in the state of Missouri. And, you, and that, that's not the only tough fight that we've had. That's not the only tough fight that we had. You might know that when we came into office, Missouri's government had it as an explicit policy that they would discriminate against people of faith. There were certain grants for which people of faith literally could not apply. Some of you know about the Trinity Lutheran case, right? So, so the really simple policy where the Department of Natural Resources had scrapped tire, which they would provide to playgrounds around the state of Missouri to protect kids. And if you were a private school, you're a public school, you could apply as long as you weren't an organization of faith. So I had them bring me the policy and I read it and I saw at the very bottom of the page, it literally almost said people of faith need not apply. Now you all know what happens typically when people think that the government's doing something wrong. Normally what happens is that they'll call for a task force to be created. And then the task force will form a committee. The committee will suggest that a panel come together. The panel will create a board. And then the board will hold some hearings. That's how things normally get done. Here's what we did. I looked at it, we said, this is wrong, let's change it, and we changed it that day. <laughs> Folks, we did this early. The United States Supreme Court agreed with us, backed our decision, and now people in Missouri, people of faith, know that they're gonna be treated fairly by their government. Now again, this is this has upset a lot of people, but I came in as a conservative. I came as an as a Navy SEAL, as an outsider, as a man of faith. And what shocked a lot of the lobbyists, upset a lot of the insiders, what has stunned the ACLU and Planned Parenthood is that we've come into office and we're doing exactly what we promised we were gonna do. It is, it, it's great to see how people of faith step up. You know, Dr. Yates mentioned he's joined me. Uh, he's helped us to start our team in prayer. Don Hinkle has helped us start our, our team in prayer, uh, oftentimes on, on a Monday morning. Uh, and, and we've been so blessed to have them. And I'll tell you, as I go out across the state of Missouri, uh, I see when we have an ice storm, when there's a tornado, when we had to deal with historic flooding, and you go out and you see you're on the ground working with people who are struggling, people who are in a hard spot, what do you see? I see churches, I see clergy, I see people of faith who are out there. I see the Baptist Chainsaw Crew, right? And people are out there, they're organizing donations, they're taking people into their homes. They're giving them a quiet word, telling them that they're, they're gonna find a way to make it through this. When times are hard, who's there? People of faith are there. People of faith are there. They're doing the work.
And I want you to know, and I hope that you help to spread the word in churches across the state of Missouri. The people of faith are out there doing the work, and you need to know as you do this, you have a governor who's going to stand behind you and who supports you. We appreciate you. When we've met some of, the, some of the toughest moments in office, we've been able to call on clergy to support us. Look, you guys all saw what happened in Ferguson, Missouri in August of 2014. Now, we, we recently uh, had another incident that came up, and we handled it differently. Before a verdict came out, I actually sat down with clergy leaders, and we prayed together. We prayed for peace. Right? We pledged to work together. Uh, and right, when the verdict actually came down, we were very clear. We let everybody know that everyone in the state of Missouri has a constitutional right to freedom of speech. Everybody in the state of Missouri has a constitutional right to freedom of assembly, that the Constitution applies to everyone, and that our law enforcement officers were going to go out and that they were going to protect everyone's constitutional rights to peacefully protest. But we were also very clear that if you assault a law enforcement officer, you're going to be arrested. We told people, we told people that throwing a brick through a window is not free speech that we are not going to tolerate violence and vandalism. And you know, in the past in Missouri, you had leaders who wanted to create a safe space for people to loot and to burn. We were very clear that if you loot, if you burn, the only safe space that you're going to find in the state of Missouri is in a jail cell. Right? We're going to support our law enforcement officers and the work that they do. And that's, that's not the only time the clergy's helped us. Um, you might know when we came into office, just a couple weeks in office, uh, we got a report on a Monday night that there had been a terrible act of cemetery desecration in a historic Jewish cemetery in the city of St. Louis. Over 150 headstones turned over, defaced, smashed. So what we did was Tuesday morning, I went out to Facebook and I put up a message. And I said, tomorrow on Wednesday, I'm going to be in the cemetery. And I'm going to be there with some cleaning supplies. And you know what we're going to do? Together as a community, we're going to beautify that cemetery. And we went out and we, we called, called the leaders of, of, of the Jewish Federation and the Jewish community. We called leaders, we called, called the archbishop, called leaders in the Baptist community. And you know what happened? People of faith came together. And they, they were coming out to the cemetery. Well, that day, that morning, on Wednesday morning, I had, a previous, uh, I had previously scheduled an event uh, with a good friend of mine a uh, great servant to all of us, and that's the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Right? And when the Vice President came down the stairs of Air Force Two, I, I, I greeted him, I welcomed him back to Missouri, and as we were riding uh, to the event that we were, that we were doing, he said, he said, Eric, I, I so appreciate what you and the people of Missouri are doing in the face of this terrible act of, of cemetery desecration. He said, I see that you've called out thousands of volunteers uh, for this event, he said, could you use an extra pair of hands? And I said, absolutely, Mr. Vice President, we'd be honored, honored to have you. Well, by the time the Vice President and I got to the cemetery that afternoon, there were already thousands of people who were out. And they'd brought rakes, they brought cleaning supplies, people were out to beautify that cemetery. And I just, I got up in the back of a pickup truck, um, I grabbed a megaphone, and I said, here in Missouri, we're not going to allow acts like this to divide us. 
That instead, when we have, a, when we have an event like this, people of faith are going to demonstrate that we come together through service in the community. And then I handed the microphone to my friend, my friend Vice President Pence, and you know what he did? He thanked the people of Missouri for setting an example for the nation. Setting an example for the nation. Now, uh, folks, I'm also happy to tell you, and I will let you know, you all are the first to know. You're the first to know. In two weeks, I am proud to let you know that in two weeks, I will be leading a delegation to the nation of Israel. Now, all of you know it was, it was a Missourian, Harry Truman, who first recognized the, the, the nation of Israel. And I will be proud to represent Missouri and proud to let the people of Israel know that they have the support of the people of Missouri and the support of people of faith here in the state of Missouri. It, it, it's heartening for me to be in a room uh, with so many great patriots. And I think it's important for us uh, as, we, as we move forward um, to recognize that we are always going to have to stand up and fight for our values. We're always going to have to do that. It's, it's something that we're going to be called upon to do, um, not just once a year, certainly not just at election time, not just once a month. It's something that we're going to have to do every day. Right? Um, and I will let you know uh, that I believe that when the national anthem is played, yes. the people of Missouri, we are proud because we recognize that real patriots don't go to their knees. They stand up on their feet when, when that flag is flown. Stand up. That, that's what we do. That's what we do in Missouri. That's what we do in Missouri. Thank you. You know, thank you. You know, when I, when I served in the military, um, I was honored to work with men and women who came from every corner of this country, every conceivable ethnic and, and, ethnic and economic background. And it didn't matter whether you're in the United States Marine Corps, United States Air Force, Coast Guard, Navy, Army. No matter what happened, every morning when we woke up, you put on your body armor, check your radio, you load your rifle, you step into a Humvee. Every single one of those men and women was wearing the flag of the United States of America. And you know what? When some of those men and women, when some of those men and women gave their lives for this country and they were placed in a casket, the American flag was placed over that casket. The least that we can do here in this country is to honor their service and to honor their sacrifice. Folks, as, as, as we go forward, I'm going to continue to need your help. And, and I, I'd ask you to do three things for us. Uh, the first is to please uh, pray for me and Sheena, our family, and our team. Will you do that for us? Thank you. And the second is to go out and tell your friends and neighbors, tell your brothers and sisters about our mission. You know, sometimes, sometimes, when people are watching the media, right, they, can they can lose hope. They can get discouraged. But I tell you this, when they're in your churches, when they see the fights that we're taking on, when they see the victories that we're creating, people get encouraged. And I need you to help us to spread the word. We help us to spread the word. And, and the third thing that I need you to do is to continue to stand strong in your church and in your community. You know, I always think, as I know many of you do, of Joshua 1-9.
Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Every day, every day, we're going to continue, I promise you, to fight for you. Every day, we're going to do this work. And you know what? Together, if we continue to work together, we're going to continue. We're going to continue to have important victories for the people of the state of Missouri. It's possible because of your faith, because of your strong work, and because of your support. And for that, I thank you, and may God bless you. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen, Rich. We've been listening to the governor of the state of Missouri, and the reason we broadcast that on our entire network is so people in every other state where Bot Radio Network is heard can, can think now, when you get a governor, when you get a leader, when you get a, a chief executive of your state that you can depend on and will do what's right, that's a wonderful thing. President George Washington said these very words, it is impossible to rightly govern without God and the Bible. What do you say, Rich? Well, this was a, a speech that he delivered to pastors from across the state of Missouri, a pastors group, uh, Missouri Southern Baptist Pastors. Uh, Governor, uh, Governor Eric uh, Greitens. All right, now listen, folks, here's our listener comment line. It's 800, so it doesn't cost you a thing. one 800 345 2621. This is Dick Bott with my son Rich. This chapter of the complete story is a public service. I'll see you later. 